everybody, and welcome back to the podcast that was and is and is now 16 episodes old. It's Sweet 16. Oh my gosh, 16. That's amazing. We're getting old. I know. (laughs) I'd like to say thank you to my mom and my dad for putting together this amazing Sweet 16 party. It's really great, inviting all my favorite people. (laughs) (laughs) And among those favorite people today, we have Elizabeth Hunt. Uh, who I know by an entirely different name. Can I call you Cricket still? Or yes, are you all grown you up would. now? I wish you would. No, 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 no. I wish you would. All right. So it's Cricket. Mm-hmm. And Cricket is a beautiful, wonderful, talented actress, improv comedian, beautiful singer of songs, rider of horses, studier of nursing. Oh, my good Lord. <laughs> you have so many gerunds in your life. I'm so Thank impressed you. by you. Yes. You, you left out the part when I was going to become a rabbi. So right. there was like that tiny little, oh, Lord, let's not go there. Okay. Um, and Cricket is returning to the program after being on episode three. Yes. I was at the beginning. We've come a long way and absolutely no way at all. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> and on the program for the first time, this is so exciting, Brian Coleman. And if there's one theme in this podcast of 16 whole episodes is that we have a premium on dear old friends, mm. members of infamous comedy groups uh, from college. I'm collecting all the recess cards. It's like heroes of the, you know, like like a like a card game or whatever in which you collect or base. Oh, yes, yeah, I know. Like baseball cards. It's like baseball cards. I was like <laughs> going for a, a really complicated you don't metaphor. You do Pokemon? I know you don't. <laughs> was- I think they need to be more like Pokemon cards. <laughs> I think we need to have different power stats. Yes. Uh-huh. So what would your power stat, Brian, be? My power stat, it's eight. Okay. eight power and three magic points in the blue triangle element oh see that's the only one i knew about was the blue triangle i don't know anything else like that's the extent of pokemon that i know and then a bunch of names i can't pronounce like my nephew he'll be like do you have the schneekening or the itzapu and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) you're cute go away (laughs) stay short brian coleman is also notably an alaskan (gasps) oh I don't know if living here really makes me Alaskan, but I do live in Alaska. That's a very politic answer. You know, when I first moved up here, I met somebody early on who told me that I was a, I think the word is a chichaco, and that a chichaco was, I don't know if it's like a native Alaskan word for a new new person. I uh, hope so. (laughs) A a newbie, but he he kept... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I guess they, they said that I, after I lived here for two years that I would be a sourdough. You would rise to the level wow. of a sourdough. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, guess I'm, I guess I'm a sourdough now, but that guy, after, like, he kept in lulls in conversation, he would look at me and he'd say, Chichaco. <laughs> Do you think he just made that up and was like, I, he did? No, because there's a, there's a street named Chichaco, and I, I think I actually looked it up to, to make sure. So Brian Coleman recently graduated from the school of Chichaco and entering sourdough <laughs> in the fall. Yes. <laughs> so today's topic is interesting because when I sent it to you guys, I sort of made up words that didn't really mean anything. Hmm. Like Chichaco. Much like Chichaco. <laughs> and what I was really trying to say was, oh, that time I really stepped in it. Uh, and that, that was how I interpreted it. Right. It was close enough. But what I actually yeah. said, and so I must confess to the audience, is I wrote them and said, could you please tell us stories about that time I really put my foot in it? Which... <laughs> 
it's not quite there. This is not quite there. So I'm glad you guys all figured that out from the context clues. We knew exactly what you were talking about. We have we've majored in you guys for a long time. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here we go. Jenny's story of that time she put her foot in it. (laughs) Or rather, in this instance, her wrists. So there's Jenny then, Jenny now, and Jenny of the future. I will say that Jenny then, and by then I mean roughly 2007... 2008. It might have been a little earlier. It was sometime in the Jenny of yesteryear. <laughs> and Jenny of yesteryear had uh, what is commonly known as a hot temper. Oh, you had a temper? <laughs> what? That's before you had the. Yes, the, the court ordered therapy in <laughs> which I. Uh, and by court ordered, it was Matt Flanagan ordered. But um, <laughs> but I, I did. I had a bit of a temper and I masked it pretty well. But every once in a while, there'd be specific circumstances where it would come flying out and overwhelm <laughs> things. And so this is a story of one of those times. I imagine that Matt was probably involved in, in most of those times. <laughs> well, uh, he has a catalytic effect on them, if not actually them being his fault. Okay. Yeah, he has a Da Vinci-like but, occasional yeah. ability to inspire it in me. But it's not it's not his fault. Right. at you. <laughs> So let's just call it 2005 for kicks. It is while I'm still working at mm-hmm. CBS News or maybe after. Boy, I do not know what year this story happened. Suffice to say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were that angry. angry. Hulk, don't, don't remember. remember. It's okay. That's what everyone says. All right, everybody, let's I pick a date out. together. 2006. <laughs> I used to go to this car wash on Melrose Avenue. Jenny Josephson is doing the very simple act of getting her car washed. It's a Jeep Grand Cherokee, very Jenny Josephson summer camp-like car. Did you say Yeah, it's a summer camp camp car. car. It's like a Jeep Grand Cherokee. It's like someone who used to be a summer camp counselor would almost definitely have a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, so it was, it like was an a tan. Green? <laughs> it's so a silvery <laughs> tan. So yeah. Got it. To get to this particular car wash, you have to make a left off of Melrose onto some side street. And if you do that before four o'clock, everything is groovy. And if you do that after four o'clock, you are breaking the law. Oh, oh dear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, You've been I, watching. you know, sometimes I see street signs and sometimes I don't. And so one time when I'm going to my car wash and I'm in my head worrying about something or another or any other thing, I make the left and it's after four o'clock and I hear the dreaded whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, I accept this is about to happen. And it was a motorcycle cop and he was in the full get up and the full stiff walk and he pulls over. He goes, do you know what you did, ma'am? I said, yeah, I think I made a left after four o'clock and I'm really sorry. Could you give me your license and registration, ma'am? Okay. (laughs) And there's times when you want to fight a ticket and be angry. And then there's times when you're like, I broke the law and I deserve to have a ticket. And this was one of those times where I was like, I broke the law. I deserve to have a ticket. And I just decided to be nice and polite about it. 
Except <laughs> I was the only one that decided <laughs> to be nice and polite about this ticket. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> you had the nice backfire? Somehow <laughs> I feel like my niceness was interpreted as interminable sass or <laughs> I don't know what it was interpreted as or as this guy just was having a terrible day and didn't want anything to do with me or women or humans or I don't even know this planet I don't know and he just was so rude to me and so angry that I started to get really super defensive like what kind of things was he, he saying? was just like continuing to harp on the fact that I made a left turn it's After super four. dangerous it can really cause problems you can cause traffic accidents and I was like I know so he's giving He's giving you about an something I already said. I was like, that that you I just admitted, like, you right. know, when you come clean and you admit fault and you say, I did wrong, officer. I mean, that does not happen very often. And I feel like when you do that, when you admit that you're wrong, it should just be a pleasant conversation. And if I give right. you my fault, you should at the very least give me a professional quick ticket and I'd be on my way. He might have had no training in that whatsoever. Right, what to do right. if that were to happen? I you think know? like my kindness was somehow being interpreted as obstreperism. I don't know. Yes. All I know <laughs> is that he kept getting angrier and angrier at me. And then at a certain point, I just caved. And I gave in to my anger and frustration because nothing makes me more angry. And I will say that Matt Flanagan is exactly like this, which is why we never fight. Um, in which if you're being angry, then I'm going to get angry. And I'm going to really be angry because I was nice to you and you decided to be angry. Like I'm giving you a gift basket of kind lawbreaker. Don't show it, throw it back in my face. So he shoves this ticket in my face he says something like, well, I certainly hope you learn your lesson. Now sign this ticket. And I said, <laughs> unwisely, no. <gasps> I said. Fully engaged yes. in the anger <laughs> The circle. anger circuit has yeah. been completed and it has forged <laughs> giant iron bracelets because he said, I need you to sign the ticket. I said, no. I said, you were super rude to me after I was okay about this. I said, I admitted, I confessed, and you continued to berate me, and now I'm upset, and I'm not signing the ticket. <laughs> did you look him, I like, looked right him. in the eye when you said it, or did you, yeah. like, you know, do the little, like, next Yeah, thing this is and, L.A. Like, County you know, Sheriff, so he everything. was wearing the glasses, the silvered glasses, glasses and uh, he it. didn't okay. look like um, much of a human being. He looked like the Terminator 2. Robert Patrick. Yeah, complete with the big helmet. And the metal face? No, no metal face. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I didn't get him that angry. Okay. <laughs> and, and then so, spears came out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. <laughs> so what, what happened was he said, step out of the car, ma'am. No. Yeah. You don't oh. sign the ticket, you get out of the car. I would have started puking. <laughs> I said, Fine. That would be that's that's a good defense, actually. I should have thought of that, but I was just like, you know, that righteous indignation just surging through your whole body and mm -hmm. taking you out of common sensedom yes. and into Princess Champion Jenny Joan of Arctum, in which you say you're not going to sign the ticket. And he grabs his handcuffs, <gasps> and now there's a crowd gathering yeah. at the car wash because yeah. I've pulled in the alley behind the car wash, and people are just watching. And he goes, "Chink, chink," and I am handcuffed. 
in front of my car for oh my making God. a left turn and then refusing to sign the ticket. Yeah. Uh, and now at this point, I realize that I have perhaps put my foot in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Or stepped in it, if we want to use the actual idiom. <laughs> because I realize, like, I start thinking through. And so he says to me, all right. I'm going to call in another officer. You'll have time to reconsider. <gasps> I said, I'm not reconsidering. I'm you did not. I'm not signing this ticket. Jenny. And at this point, I start crying because yeah. I'm embarrassed because I'm handcuffed. I'm thinking of consequences, but I'm still like, I got Hulk smash all over me. <laughs> so I sit there. I'm crying. I'm in handcuffs. Like people Are your pulling. hands in front? Were they in front? They were in back. Yeah. My hands are in back. Because oh. I remember it because it started to hurt. Because I think, right, it, Brian, if they're in front, I could theoretically choke someone. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So I have, yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what she thinks of. And I mean, I could kill someone at that point. <laughs> I mean, I won't lie. I was totally thinking about making a run for it. And then I was like, nah, that's probably too high an escalation for Melrose Boulevard at 420 on a Tuesday. <laughs> So the next officer comes up and he's clearly, if not a supervisor, like he's a nice guy. And he, he comes up to me and I have like tears streaming down my face. And I'm thinking like, oh, boy. And he says, look, ma'am, here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen next. You're going to be taken into custody and you're going to be put in holding and someone is going to have to come down and pay your bail. <laughs> and, <by> the, <laughs> and it's the moment when he mentioned bail that I really thought it through. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know who's going to have to pay that bail? <laughs> Matt Flanagan. <laughs> and if Matt Flanagan has to break off from whatever it was he was doing writing at that point and come down and bail me out because I lost my temper while getting a ticket <laughs> and pay money, because Matt doesn't like to pay money for like, shrimp at a cocktail the shrimp in this cocktail should be complimentary yeah. <laughs> I, all I want is the sauce yeah. <laughs> so I think about this and I start sniffling and sobbing and say <gasps> I'll sign the ticket <laughs> so I sign the ticket and meanwhile the mean officer bad cop actual bad cop is yeah. over there and just like staring at me like he never stopped staring at me and, and i guess that was what i found so unnerving i was like what did i do yeah you just he was a dick yeah <laughs> there did, you did go the, i've been waiting ninth, for that yeah did the ninth <laughs> officer make any reference to the fact he was like ma'am this is what's gonna happen yes i know this guy's a dick but he didn't go as far as to sell out his fellow law enforcement yeah. official but he did say look sometimes tempers get hot you know he was a good cop he was the yeah, good he cop was talking he was he was de-escalating yes he was de-escalating the situation very much de-escalating the situation yeah. they took the handcuffs off i signed the ticket got back in the car turned on the ignition and all the guys who washed the cars applauded. <laughs> and I drove away. What were they applauding? Just like they, that you won? The successful resolution of a that law that enforcement okay. standoff with a dangerous individual, I guess. Oh, my God. Or, or if it was just for the show. Or the they show. Like, yeah. I could have collected tips, I guess. Okay. Uh, and I just drove home. And it just was one of those days where I was like, 
the rebel in me really wanted to follow it through just what, to see what would happen if I went to briefly to jail for making a left turn. And then I was like, yeah. oh, you know, what? I don't really want to find out. <laughs> it, it, it was it was not worth the 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 price you'd have to pay to then have a jail story. Yeah, which that's a pretty. That's a good story to have in your pocket. I know. But if I'm going to have a jail story, I would at least like it to be for some sort of meaningful civil disobedience and not for making a left turn on Melrose. <laughs> <laughs> not for... Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't even get your car washed. No, I didn't. My car was filthy and I just drove home yeah. <laughs> in my filthy car with my Turkey. sad little wrists. That, that's why they were applauding. Yeah, you didn't want to watch I your mean, car. Like that angry <laughs> lady <laughs> in the car wash. Gross. Uh, so yeah. So as it turns out, my Pokemon power is plus eight foolishness. Yeah. <laughs> and I have many other stories to tell of times I put my foot in it, but I thought that this one was just pure, not thinking through consequences. And only at the last moment, an actual good cop. And I will say that ever since then, suspiciously, whenever I would go out on stories as a freelancer and the sheriff's department was controlling the scene, (laughs) I will say they always seem to give me extra garbage. And in my mind's eye, I always wondered, like, is there a list? (laughs) Is there a list? And am I on it? Like, this one is a known problem. Please give her trouble. Did they share your photo as a... A known, a known problem. I mean, I want to know. Yeah. Because I was was acting like a known problem. There's no denying it. I imagine in uh, the the day-to-day lives of of those cops that of the problem people that they shared photos of, yours was probably down the list a couple hundred thousand. (laughs) That's what I'm guessing. (laughs) I think it was accompanied with a caption that said, just poke her and see if she flips out. (laughs) This one's worth the wait. (laughs) (laughs) The capper of this story is, and I hate to say this because it really does make a mockery of a judicial system of which I really am quite proud. I've served on juries and I'm very proud to have served on juries in Los Angeles. But... I can get out of any jury I want to anytime just by telling that story. Wow, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) It works every time. (laughs) And then I tell stories about other run-ins with the sheriffs and I'm out clean. But I I only like to do that very rarely because I actually, oddly enough, love serving on juries. Me too. See, that's why we're such good pals. (laughs) You've you've been called to jury that many times? Yeah, I get called like clockwork once a year to go down there. Yep. And then I sit there and I'm fascinated by all the other stories of people in the jury pool because if you ever want to feel grateful about your own life, just go sit in jury duty for a little while because just the stories of the people in the jury pool are so heartbreaking and so real that they they make my stories look like, I don't know, like tea time with dollies. <laughs> that is how your photo is probably close to the top 10 uh-huh. of people that they think of to put on a jury. Yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. exactly. They're like, yeah. she I falls for it every time. We should call her yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, that was the time I put my foot in it and ended up in handcuffs. <laughs> Policeman! You're working for the government. Policeman! That uniform, excellent. Policeman! 
Protect us from a junkie. Policeman says. I hope you all enjoyed my white privilege story because, come on, that was just about the whitest story about almost getting arrested in Los Angeles since the days of Paris Hilton. So let's just take a moment to collectively imagine how that same story might have ended if I wasn't a white girl in the Jeep Grand Cherokee who got treated to the proper cool-down procedure. I'll change gears a little bit here, go back, go back in the past, past Brian. So this is high school, and I did drama, drama club in high school. I did. What? And I, uh, I was a senior, and I had come to a rehearsal of the children's theater play. So of the you know, four or five shows, four shows that our high school drama club did during the year, one was a children's theater play, which was intended to be like a play for kids. And it was student directed. And I probably knew. Yeah, I think I knew who was directing and I was hanging out with with her. And so I was at a rehearsal and a girl who was in the show kind of caught my eye. She was very pretty. She was cute. Let's call her Tammy. There are no known <laughs> Tammies associated with this Got show, it. so you are right. in the clear. So Tammy was really cute, and when she was done with her part in the show, at, at some point I remember I was sitting next to her out in, in the house, uh, and rehearsal was still kind of going on, so it was uh, it was dark, and I chatted her up. I was like, I'm going to get to know this girl, and learned she was a freshman, which I, I, I guess I, I knew at the time that sometimes that happened, that senior guy might date mm. a, a freshman girl. It was a, a classic a, trope. A, yes. I didn't know what a trope was at the time. <laughs> but but I, you I, were I in. It. And actually, the <laughs> example I, I think of was like a senior football player dating a super hot freshman cheerleader. And that seemed to be acceptable. Right. It's like, well, I didn't have a lot of interaction with her. I think over the next, it was either a dress rehearsal or a show night that I was backstage and I knew some of the other people in the in the show and I remember sitting with her on a uh, on a couch backstage and the flirting had elevated to secret hand holding under a couch cushion no so that oh my gosh that's hot that was pretty hot right <laughs> yeah on a couch are you kidding it's, it's not chairs it's a couch I think that's known as, as, as one fourth of a base <laughs> that one went over my head Oh, um, continue the hand holding there. And then I think it was the next morning someone said to me, oh, so, so I hear you and Tammy are a thing. Oh, that's nice. She's so nice. And I hadn't talked about it. So I figured it was Tammy talking about it and I didn't see her a whole lot. I was, it was interested. I didn't know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Probably just a couple days later is that weekend, and I was hanging out with my buddy, Eric. And it's kind of funny to separate the way phones worked then (laughs) to how they do now, because I would just assume that someone got a call on their cell telling them that something was happening. But this was 1992. Yeah, so Uh, no. So I think Eric was at my house. And someone called my house. And that's, I don't know, it's just so alien. Right. <laughs> it wasn't Tammy that was calling me. It was a friend of Tammy's. So it was a party of freshman girls. Oh, dear. Uh, and 
Brian, you need to come because Tammy had a big fight with her boyfriend uh, over you and you have to come to this party. And so that was the moment that I really started to feel like, hmm, maybe something is happening here that I am not prepared to really be involved in. But <laughs> we answered the summons. So right. Eric. Because you're seniors and you like to party, so why not go hang out with a bunch Emergency, of Emergency freshman girls all in one place. That's right. <laughs> what <Hey>. to do? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I had never. I mean, we were we were all in high school, but still, the difference between a 13 year old and a 17 year old, yeah, is it, it is it is staggering. And in some states, not entirely legal. <laughs> we felt like adults at the time but we went went to the party and tammy's boyfriend i i think i i feel like i saw him and he was somebody that i that i knew that i was acquainted with and uh and i think i saw him him leaving and and i just i I felt bad i it wasn't what i wanted Mm. but we we went to went to the party and and i was i was directed to to go to go talk with Tammy in in this other room where nobody was, and oh. I remember sitting next to Tammy where she she has trouble talking and she's she's not like cheerful, but clearly she's having trouble finding words and and she she says to me very carefully and very earnestly, Brian, and she her her eyes are downcast. She can't look at me when she says Brian. I think I like you. Oh, oh God! And then, oh, then I knew that I had I had stepped. <sighs> it was up to my thigh. Yeah, you could barely you could barely move at that. Because point. in your mind, this was something akin to, ooh, I'm holding hands with a girl to pass the time during theater practice. Right. And, and for her, it had become a major life event. Right. Yes. To break up with her her boyfriend, who was probably a perfectly nice guy, because yeah, the world was changing, and she had been, she had been you know selected, I guess by right. by a by senior. senior senior. You guys are just making me feel worse. <laughs> My gosh, well we're girls, we know we were on the other end of this equation. <laughs> I'm like, why is he talking to me? <laughs> and and we we didn't. We didn't spend that much time together there at the party. I think we talked, and I tried to, 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 mm. to say, you know, it's it's okay. It's it's not a big deal. And <laughs> I love you too. Uh, which, <laughs> Shoot. It was, uh, and uh, it, it was. I mean, it was it was okay. And uh, in, out at in the party uh, where Eric is with the rest of. The girls. Uh, of, yeah, of these of these freshman girls. They were playing music. Uh, Hotel California, of course, was a song that came on. And so Eric sort of sort of smirks and remarks to them and is like, you know, my dad wrote this song. No. Oh. Uh, and 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 they're like, No, no, he didn't. No, he <laughs> didn't. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I did. My dad, you know, he, he wrote this song. And and one of the girls goes and gets the the, the CD, the case, and gets the insert out because she's she's going to settle this. And uh-huh. She looks at something in the insert and she says, oh, yeah, what's your dad's name? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Eric, you know, without missing a beat, is like Don Henley. And <gasps> he knows he knew. 
He knew that really his dad. (gasps) Oh my God. That that song, that's the party. That is the party that we were at. Nice. So let's recap here. Let's take a bid story recap and say, Brian got some heavy hand holding under Mm -hmm. the couch cushions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Freshman girl, girl. Tammy. This was interpreted by said freshman girl as an unambiguous signal that senior three or four years her senior was certainly interested. And we were going to get married, I think. You were going to get married. I see your whole life just panned right out right there. Just boom. And she was so led on by this situation that she broke up with, was her boyfriend um, a freshman also? No, he was, I think he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. So she was dating an older guy and, but like, Really liked you and was thinking of trading up for an older, older guy. Older, older guy, exactly. Okay, so at this point, I think already you're going to wind up in jail next to the no left turners. <laughs> um, and I hold off my verdict until the end of the story, but midway through, this is where you have me. Is that the point you know, is, I think you might have been leading her on by the hand at this point. It pretty much ends. I, I, I had a phone conversation. I think I had maybe two phone conversations with her after that where it was quickly determined by me that I I had nothing. I had nothing in common with this girl. Mm. And as as cute as I thought she was, I I was still mature enough, I suppose, as a, a senior guy in high school that I wasn't going to try and, and take advantage right. of her. <laughs> she just, uh, I was so bored anytime she spoke. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're not doing much to get yourself out of lady jail here, Brian. <laughs> no, I, it makes total sense, though. It's horrible. You can't make that up. You can't yeah, fix it. And I couldn't allow that to go on. So, yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say in my defense here is I, I didn't lead this girl on and have a series of phone calls with her and or, or even go on any dates. I think the, the second arranged phone call where we were maybe – I think maybe she had an expectation that we were going to arrange a date. I I don't remember the the words I used to to let her down gently, but uh, I think I I used some of the very things that I said here. It was like we we don't we don't have a lot in common, and I tried to be uh, I tried to be very nice about it. So here's my question: uh, If your whole relationship was holding hands, yeah. like it was pretty much so holding hands plus two phone calls. I'm surprised that guy didn't stand up for his girl and challenge you to like a thumbsy war. Uh, maybe, maybe because he kind of knew me. He was he was big. He was bigger than me. Okay, so uh, I, I would like to test on the scale of boring because mm. I believe all people can be boring, men or women, young or old. Okay. All right, I'm going to be you. I'm going to be 17 year old Brian <laughs> Coleman, and you're going to be 13 year old Tammy, and we're going to be on the phone. Okay, ready? Uh, hey, Tammy, it's Brian. Hi. How was your day at school? <sighs> you know. Yeah, I don't like her. <laughs> I don't like her. I'm sorry. It was <laughs> cool seeing you in the cafeteria. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I side with 17-year-old Brian Coleman. I'm, I'm really glad you, you initiated that exercise because it solidified for me what was happening when I talked. <laughs> <laughs> because there there it it was it was all me there wasn't any give and take like yeah. i could ask questions uh but i would just get you know a, a literal very simple answer to my question and there wasn't any spurring her into getting her to, to talk about things that she was interested in 
So you were not doing a lot of conversation about the methods of disseminating information in Soviet dissident Russia. (laughs) No, no, that was, you know, though I was passionate about those things as a senior in high school. uh, Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 you weren't getting much off no. <laughs> So I'm going to take Jenny's lead, and I'm going to be grown-up Tammy. Yes. And, Brian, I'm going to give you the opportunity to say whatever it is that you feel you need to say to Tammy in order to <laughs> let this moment go, because oh. I really feel like you need a release, a chance to just let this thing just get on out to sea. So yeah. I'm, I'm Tammy now, old Tammy, but still a little <laughs> younger than you. <laughs> 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 so here I am on the phone. Hi, Brian. It's Tammy, a Hi, little t- younger than you. How how was your day today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Brian, do you have anything to say to Tammy? I, I do. If if I were to talk to Tammy, I'm uh, here. I'm listening. I I would say I am. I am sorry <laughs> for. <laughs> For how that went, and I imagine, I God, I have to, I I have to believe that it is something that has not made you sad for your entire life. <laughs> Tammy, what are you doing these days? Um, I'm I'm living a full and rich life, and I can honestly say that it it did not damage me okay. for very long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm okay. So I I should continue to feel bad for for a year. No, no, no. You've done enough. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Okay. I like how Cricket has turned Tammy into the mess, the master cheerful passive aggressive shiv stabber. No, everything's great. I'm a I'm a manicurist. Uh, I have a hand obsession. And I see people that look like you all the time, but I'm okay. <laughs> I'm doing fine. <laughs> oh man, Brian, you did nothing wrong. That was, My God, that was fine. You held a girl's hand in high school, and you were very kind, and you even briefly tried to make it work. You are on the right side of the law, as far as these ladies are concerned. Yeah, thank you. Rose like the sun It's good to be wise When you're young If someone ever writes up an official prayer for daughters, I hope it includes the fervent wish that all freshman girls make it to sophomore year a little bit wiser after learning the heartbreaks of hand-holding. Right, Cricket, if you swear, I'm going to hold a parade. Awesome. Okay, good. I'm going to let it loose. I've had a whole half of a Coke Zero, so I'm... (laughs) 
<laughs> the dragon is out of the cave. I'm out. <laughs> my story of where I put my foot in it or I stepped in it, it goes back to um, my wedding day. Oh. I was uh, very excited about getting ready for my wedding. And I, uh, I had our wedding at the equestrian center in Burbank. Mm. We had it outside. It was going to be beautiful. It was an evening wedding. And, you know, there's all that pent up excitement that comes along with prepping for a massive party that's going to, you know, and it, everybody's making it all about you. It's your day. But then they still had me like working really hard to get ready for Were you shoveling horse manure before your wedding? I I remember thinking, why am I doing this? And then I I was like, I don't have time to talk to someone about this. I'll just do it myself. I'm I'm a guy, but I thought the rule was you weren't supposed to do anything that day. And that is the rule. And Brian, I'm glad you pointed that out because I would have really appreciated that help on my wedding day because there was a lot of that sort of, oh, don't worry, Elizabeth will do it. It's okay. And and I, I kind of got a little bit, um, I don't know. I felt a little put upon. <laughs> like a horse with a, with a lot of people on her back? A little bit. My dad paid for, you know, the whole ceremony. Our, one of our best friends came and performed it. I guess the best thing to say is that there were so many elements of this wedding day that went well. So I have to say that up front Mm -hmm. um, because then it makes it okay for me to really go downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) I I wrenched my neck the night before. So literally the morning of my wedding, I go to a chiropractor downtown Burbank to try to get my neck spasm to quit so that I can stand up at my own wedding and not lay down at the altar. And so it's a brand new chiropractor. I've never been to them before. And she's taking all of this history on me about all of the things that's ever been wrong with me. And then, you know, and then I just continue to weep saying, and I'm getting married. And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, no, today. Oh, no. She kept just trying to calm me down. Like, she thought I meant that uh, my neck was bothering me today. And I was concerned about getting married in the future. Right. Yeah, as if this was going to make me a less of a commodity or something like that. I don't know. I, I must have been hysterical. So <laughs> finally, <laughs> she gives me all of this herbal medicine that's just bizarre and doesn't do anything. She doesn't even adjust my neck. I'm in complete pain. I can't get her to su- prescribe me anything. So I'm just, I'm a mess. So I go back to the hotel room and I take a, a nap and it helps a little bit. That's great. Hooray. Right. So, and you know, I'm trying to nap on my wedding day, you know, and yeah. people I haven't seen in 15 years years are downstairs waiting to see me and and I'm sleeping. Right. Right. So we do all of the prep. We get to the I get to the um to the site and you know they hide you away in the little secret room because you're the bride and you're not supposed to see anybody. And I also might have a little bit of a problem. (laughs) And and there's these women in the room with me, like while I'm getting ready, you know, I'm getting dressed and everything. I'm not talking about like bridesmaids. I'm talking about like the bridesmaids and then like their friends and then like friends of like our friend who's doing the ceremony. So there's like women in there I've never met and they're just hanging out like eating and drinking and watching me put my makeup on. And I'm trying to talk to my grandmother who couldn't come. And so I've got her on the cell phone and And so finally, like the time is coming and this is the important part to point out. 
I had worked for for almost a month prior to the wedding, and you guys will appreciate this. This is before you have really high access to a lot of digital content. Mm. This was back with, you know, we're having VHS tapes that you could still play with. And so I was pulling sound from all of my favorite movies and making a compilation of all my favorite Mm -hmm. sound bites for everyone to listen to before the wedding started. Get them in the right mood. Get them in the right mood. You know, we had everything in there. We had Princess Bride. We had Fifth Element. We had um, uh, Blazing Saddles, Mm. you know, classics, you know, stuff that does not belong at a wedding. And it did. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha ha. And and so as I'm pre- um, prepping all the ladies leave and everything and it's getting ready, okay, and the time is coming. The ceremony is getting ready to start as far as the end of I know this piece of work that I have created that I worked on for a month, putting all the little sound bites together so everything flowed and faded correctly and the sound levels were right. And it just really, you know, it made me feel good about what I was sort of melding all of these mm. different things and and I'm so I'm hearing it in the background and my father comes in and he he takes me off to go pray so we're gonna go pray mm-hmm. before the the ceremony begins so we step out of the room and we go off to this little quiet little area with a little gazebo and uh, but I can still hear the the soundtrack soundtrack right. the sound bites going and I and and so my dad's praying with me and he's holding my hands and we're both a little, you know, weepy and it's sweet. And he's got these wonderful, warm, big hands. And he's holding my hands and, and we're, we're, we're just, you know, he's, he's finishing. He's, doing, he's, he's going through this prayer of blessing us and, um, and just really taking a moment to be tender and sweet with his daughter and just really making sure that we get a chance to just slow down for a second mm. and not have all of the wedding hubbub all around us and I hear the soundtrack stop oh midway through not anywhere close to the spot where I had chosen for me to enter so the idea was it was going to end and then I would enter and we had the music and everything because this is important we I, I I I like to be a showrunner. It's something that I do. Mm-hmm. It's in me. I, I like to have it have a certain feel and flow to it. And I have such high hopes for this moment. And I rip my hands out of my father's hands as he's praying. So he's on the line with God, praying uh. it up. I snatch my hands out of his hands. I turn around. I walk through three doors. I slam the door open. I am in my dress. I have got my veil on. I have my flowers in my hand. And I walk out and I go, fuck. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And there's my entire bridal party standing right there. I thought I was walking into a room that was completely empty. And I look up as I'm saying these horrible words. And I look like a princess. And I mean an angel. I've got my golden hair and my beautiful white dress and my orchids. And oh, my God. And it's like, fuck. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) And, And everybody just looks at me. And, you know, they all go completely pale because they have no idea 
that I had a certain concept of how I wanted it to go, and I'd never told anyone else. (laughs) So they turned it off. They thought it was time for the music, and they just sort of went on with life. They didn't know that I had this (laughs) tight plan. And then I just immediately start to go into that really aggressive mode because I've already I've already opened that horrible yeah you're in it I'm in it you know I'm like whoa this is way before bridezilla's too so this is like this was new for everybody they didn't know a clue I could do this and I turn around I go dad come on (laughs) my sweet tender father with tears running down his face he's coming you know because he thinks I'm going to come back and we're going to finish praying Uh uh-uh no, it's time to go. It's go time. We have to go now. <laughs> so at the the bridal party walks out, and I start to kind of coolly collect myself, mm-hmm. and and then and then it starts to replay in my head over and over and over again because I realize I can't get that moment back with my dad, mm-hmm. and everybody just heard me lose it, <laughs> and they have no idea why why I lost it because I couldn't explain to them so um that uh really really has stuck with me for a long time um and I don't know that I've ever even told anyone that story and there has never been a rehashing oh. of the story oh wow yeah it's very um it's been somewhat you know tucked away like the quiet little crazy <laughs> moment <laughs> uh, well I will say cricket that you give new meaning to the phrase something borrowed, something blue. <laughs> uh, but I think that you certainly, if there is a handcuffs or no handcuffs verdict to be rendered, you do not deserve handcuffs. I mean, you're the bride. It's your day. You are doing a lot on your own. And I think that, you know, everybody has that moment. But I guess Mm -hmm. the practical advice to all future brides in your situation might be, if you're having a big wedding, you're probably going to want to hire someone to pray for you. Because it's probably going to be worth it in the end. Like, that is certainly something that a pray planner could help you with. Yes. And they could have prepped you for it and hung out with your dad and had that emotional moment with him so that you could work on the soundtrack to your wedding. Well, and I learned, I did definitely learn that concept of communication and that when you're, when you're producing a show or you're putting anything together, you have to share Mm. your plan. You can't keep it to yourself. And I did not realize that I had not shared. You had a, you were, you were putting on a secret show. I was. was. Someone else could just turn (laughs) off by flipping a switch. Yes. And I had no idea. I didn't know I gave them that kind of power. Oh God! <laughs> did, did you? So you did you ever get to play the rest of the show? No. 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 I. You know how I made up for it for Christmas presents? I broke the law, and I made CDs of the soundtrack that I put together, and I sent it to everybody so that they would get a chance to hear it all the way through, and I would get a chance to close that, that door. You know, chapter. right. To right. take everybody, exactly. you, did, you did keep it. This is a this is a piece of media that exists. Do you still I, have? I do have it. It's it's quite fantastic, and I can send it to you. Yes, I can. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. But the so <laughs> Brian, if you yeah. could for a moment be Cricket's father, thank you. Oh, you know what? 
I was going to offer that, and that just seemed too presumptuous. No, I'm, so I I, as, as lord of this podcast, I'm going to have you be Cricket's Thank dad. <laughs> and Cricket, would you explain to dad for the first time what really happened on that fateful day? Yes, I will. Hi, dad. Hi, Cricket. Hi. So, that's what I'll call you. Uh-huh, or Munchkin is All good. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, the, I'm... Um, I got really upset because they weren't playing the soundtrack to my wedding the way I wanted it. Um, and so I got really mad and left you midway through the prayer. It wasn't because I was mad at you or because I didn't want to get married. <laughs> so um, I'm really glad we had this chance to talk. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me. Me too. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. And I, I never, I never thought that you were, uh, that you were mad at, uh, at me. Right. Okay. Good. I thought yeah. maybe you were mad at God. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I was. <laughs> and I was. So I'm that, glad I left you with him. And that's okay. And I, I, I covered for you. <laughs> Even fake cricket's dad is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and I yeah. have to say one more thing. One more thing. So all the way down the aisle, and I have to say this really quietly so my husband doesn't hear. And cricket, th- this is yes. gonna be on the internet. I know, but he doesn't go okay. on the internet. Okay. So so all the way down the aisle, my dad's going, Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like while he's walking next to me, he's going, are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, because of what happened back there. He never, he didn't know. So I was like, oh God. And I'm like, yes, come on, old man. Let's just, we're going. Let's, we're growing up here. It's going to be good. This guy up here is the only reason why I'm still focused. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only reason I'm holding it together. (laughs) Well, congratulations Mm -hmm. on getting married. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Matt would like you to call uh, your husband in here right now. Have him be your husband and you be you and have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I'm thinking next time. But it's been a good marriage. You've been great to your family. And so everybody gets to say fuck on their wedding day. I did. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Because it is so not me. And I mean, boy, whatever that was, whoever that was, it was not good. I, I think that may be uh, the first time I've ever heard you say the F word, Cricket. I love it. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. As Tammy would say in this situation. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I've been, I wasn't at your wedding, Cricket, but I was at Brian's wedding. I was at my wedding. And they are high stress events. Like we did our, our very best not to um, give into it. We sort of deconstructed the wedding. We had a wedding in a week. Um, but I will yes. say that of all the weddings I've ever been to, I was super happy that Brian Coleman walked down the aisle after being married to the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme song. Yeah. Yeah. We were. We were that proud was of classic. That. And you reminded me, uh, well, Cricket reminded one thing. Um, uh, as Marjorie's dad uh, was walking her down the aisle, coincidentally, I don't know, maybe, Jenny, is this, uh, is this a universal dad thing? Um, Marjorie's dad said to her as, as they approached the front, uh, it's not oh, too late. Great. Oh, <laughs> oh dads. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was a joke because uh, I had had a coworker who advised me. He had been divorced multiple times. <laughs> right. I was heading off to get married. He said uh, that 
when his sister was going to get married, uh, his dad uh, brought her, you know, had, like drove her to the wedding and, and told her on the way there, you know, it's not too late. And this man's advice to me was like, you always need to have a person like mm. that close to you who will say that to you. Just right. give you the out. Uh, I will confess that I did not have a mom or a dad at a we- at my wedding because it was a uh, it was a wedding in a week, and we asked their permission to not invite them. And I think by the year twenty nineteen, they will have forgiven us for it. <laughs> <laughs> they will get over it. it. It's okay, or they won't. Yep. And you know, I think mm-hmm. our, our enduring marital happiness should should stand as a uh, a testament to that decision. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's my other Pokemon power is just waiting it out. Yeah. Wait them out. <laughs> well, I think that's just about gonna do it for episode sixteen of Tell It Anyway. Always great to talk to two wonderful friends, each of them very far away. But thanks to the power of the internet, they sound like they're right next door on a phone from 1992 we still have a little work to do on skype (laughs) uh but i've been hearing from some of you guys lately and it's been really nice uh there was one really nice gentleman named james who wrote in to say that he's enjoying the show and that he where he works is 12 hours from his hometown and that his network of friends isn't as good where he works and he said something that really struck me and matt right to the heart which was that the friendship apparent in tell it anyway gives him a boost every time he hears it and that's all we wanted that's all we ever wanted was to take the people that sustain us and make us happy and make us feel good in this world and bring them to you and if we're doing that even just a little bit then i guess we're doing our job We got another email from one of our listeners who said the very thought of trying to record himself and his thoughts and his words scares him more than a little. And he said, well, maybe that's just part of my anxiety issues, to which I would say, you are not alone. (laughs) I'm terrified every time I put one of these out. In fact, the thing on the Patreon says a new panic attack with every story. And it's true because after so many years of being a producer in news, I have like a weird sensor built into my own head about telling stories. And I think it's taken 15 or 16 episodes just to be like, not everything that comes out of my mouth is going to cause a situation. I'm sure something will someday. But I guess what I would say to you, uh, and you know who you are, is just try it a little. Just start by saying something a little different. Even if it's not received okay, you're probably still going to feel better for having actually said it. So I guess that's my that's my takeaway is um, even if you're scared to say something, you should just say it anyway. Oh, look where we ended up. Say it anyway. Maybe that should have been the name for the show. Uh, too late for that. If you have any thoughts or concerns or questions just write us and let us know we're at tell it anyway at gmail.com you can tweet at us at tell it any you can go to our facebook page we've got all sorts of stuff going on all of which you can find at our website tell it thanks to everyone who wrote in and everyone who supports us uh we've got our starting story lineup made up of preston monroe patrick khan nick batos Philip Dussart, Deborah Abel, Josh Harrow, Matthew Millar, Trevor Griswold, Richard Gunther, Melanie Knopf, 
Jason Beck, Rory Simpson, Elizabeth Murray, Teresa Ozoa, Corey, Luis, Anders Lund, Benjamin White, Micah Scucha, Linda Con- Linda Thompson, Terry Cook, John H. Maloney, Patrick Wolf, Chimera, Jeffrey Zilks, Taylor Karras, and Sunny G. And then we've also got our awesome story backers, Scott Willem, Justin Higgins, Richard J. Stoffolino, Alex Lasnick, Einar, Jeremy Clark, Alan Roth, James Thatcher, and of course, Mr. Movie Reference himself, TV's Egon. And thank you also to the people who chose to donate without any reward. Does that mean I can't say your name? I don't know. It's one of those things I worry about. Anyway, talk to you next week. And thank you, thank you, thank you.